So, and I want to I want to talk about moving today in the sense that uh, there's there's a there's a move that we do all the time. Like we we're always moving in some sense, and and that the whole scripture that this uh, this uh, series is based around is Exodus 14 verse 15. It says, "Oh, I've got a little clicker here. I can even do this." Woo. It says. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. So Moses and the people of Israel, they're stuck on the shore of the Red Sea. And God just says, move. And they do. But you see, this move is actually in the bigger context of a larger move. You see, we're all, we're all actually moving in a part of a, a bigger move. For Moses, they were, they were moving literally from Egypt to the promised land. There was a, they were part of a, a wider move. And so this is kind of like a move within a move for the people of Israel. And I think we often, we, uh, we kind of get stuck in, the, in, the, in the, just the moment and we're in a small move. And we, sometimes we've got to zoom out and realize, actually, we're part of a bigger move. There's a bigger thing that God is doing in our lives, in our worlds, and we are moving into. So today, I kind of want to, I want to help you to see the overarching move that God may have for your life, and uh, and just get you to think a bit wider. Uh, Pastor Bruce preached a great word uh, last week, and he talked about Isaiah 40, about having a uh, the eagle's perspective over our, our lives, and, and just seeing things from a higher perspective. And I hope that today you catch, I guess, a sense of the biggest move that you're a part of. Uh, I love that we as a church, we don't call ourselves a, um, a denomination. We're a, we're a movement. We're a church movement. The idea is that we're always moving forward because over, over time, the church often gets stuck. But we're a part of a movement, and we don't ever want to just settle in one place. We want to keep moving forward. And uh, so I want to kind of use the analogy of how our, our body moves because— uh, I'm a physio by training, and so I understand that a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, so there you go. I'm just going to talk about that because I can. Uh, so Moses, he was leading the Israelites out of Egypt. They were already moving. Um, but at this point, they kind of got stuck. And I don't know about you, where you're at in your journey, but sometimes we get stuck, right? Sometimes you feel like, oh, I, I'm just not moving uh, like I like I want to be. Or, or perhaps another good question to ask in, in the body of, your, of where you're moving is, am I moving in the right direction? Am I actually going where I want to go? Or, or am I moving at the right pace? Perhaps I need to be moving a bit faster. Or perhaps I need to actually be moving a bit slower. Maybe I'm, I'm running at a, uh, at a pace that I just can't maintain. Or maybe you need to ask the question, am I actually just a bit stuck? Actually, maybe do I need something needs to shift in me so that I can move? Uh, yeah, so we're going to look at Moses' wider story as well as some stuff around the body. Okay, is that good? Awesome. So, uh, if I don't make a lot of sense uh, today, it's because I didn't have a, I had a terrible night's sleep. I just have to, have to say, had a bike race yesterday, and I may didn't even notice because she was out to it. And uh, I don't know, I just, I just can't stop thinking about cycling. It's bad. Uh, just going over how I could have done better. Uh, but anyway, no, it's right. Also, it's just all these, these uh, I guess, um, endorphins running around my body. I'm just like, it's just amped. 
until the early hours of the morning. I'm still like, whoo, okay. Anyway, so number one, okay, if you're taking notes, it's a good idea. Just ignore that stuff. Start taking notes from now. Uh, begin with the higher order. So in our body, we actually have, um, in your brain, you've got like uh, lower order and higher order functions, right? So you, the lower order functions are like your, your breathing and your digestion, things that just happen automatically in your body. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to go, come on, bowel, uh, make sure this food goes through. Come on, lungs, keep going in and out. Imagine if you had to think about every breath you took. How tiring would that be? But So you have these lower order things. It's taken care of, but we have these higher order things in our brain. Um, and there are things like... Um, uh, our ability to communicate um, sometimes works better than others. Our ability to write, to create art, to do music, uh, but also our ability to move is actually a higher order. And uh, there's there's a higher order in our in our system that helps us to move. See, Moses he had a higher order. He had a higher order from God, but it's actually it comes. Prior to the burning bush, we often think, uh, you know, Moses received his instructions at the burning bush. But actually, there was something in Moses. There was like a predisposition from God. There was like a higher order in his life. God had placed something within him that just couldn't stand by and see his people suffer. You know, you got to think about the history of Moses. He, his birth history was pretty remarkable. He was born in a time that the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt, and he was, uh, he was born and he's put in a little basket and, and set into the Nile in the hope that someone would, one of the Egyptians would look after him. Because at that point, uh, all male children were being slaughtered. Uh, all the Hebrew male children were being slaughtered by the Egyptians. So... So this is his background, and he's brought up, he's found by Pharaoh's um, daughter, and he's brought up in the, in the house of the king, essentially. And, uh, but one day, he's in Exodus 2, we read how he's um, just going about his business, and he sees a, a Hebrew being beaten uh, by an Egyptian, and he just, it riles him. It gets him so mad that he goes and he kills the Egyptian. Uh, and... There was something in him that was just so incensed by the injustice against. He would have known that that, that was his people uh, by that stage. And so, so there's something in Moses' spirit that even before the burning bush, he's, he's predisposed towards a move. There's something in his spirit that is just um, stirred by, by this. And, and I, I want to suggest to you that there is stuff in your heart, in your life, that is that is stirred by God. And it's different for each and every one of us. And I want you to realize this because the reason you'll know if it's you is that you'll be getting passionate about this thing, but no one else around you will be. You'll be like, why are they not feeling like this? Why are they not touched by this? Why is this not, not moving them? And I want to suggest today that God has placed in you a unique shape of your spirit, there, there are things that God has planned for you to do, and it'll be things that you're passionate about, things that, that, that stir in your heart uh, and, and that you are moved by. And today I actually want to call some of those things out because I think we all, we, man, we'll be so much more effective if we move in our passion, if we move in the, in the abilities that God has given us. So, yeah, so, so for Moses, there was this predisposition. But then 
there was the initiation. There was the, the kind of the spark of the call. Yeah, in your, in your, in your body, when we, if we're talking about moving, you've got these motor neurons that, that run through your body, and they're incredible. They, they start in your brain, and, and some of them are up to a meter long. They're just these tiny little cells with these really long tails that, that control our movement. And they run on electricity, which is pretty cool. So there's literally a spark that starts something, a tiny, tiny little current. And I just believe God wants to spark something in your heart. There's a, an initiation that God wants to bring uh, to you. And the best story I can think of uh, to illustrate this is the story of John the Baptist inside uh, his mother's womb, inside Elizabeth. So we'll, let's read it now. It's in Luke 1. It says, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. You see, the reason you'll know if it's, if it's a dream, if it's something... A, that God is calling you to move into, is there'll be a leaping in your spirit. There'll be like a, a sense, wow, that just, it grabs you. The Holy Spirit just, just leaps within you. And uh, I, I don't know, hopefully you've felt that at, at some point in your life. If you haven't, I believe God wants to do that in you today. Uh, I, I just remember when, uh, I still remember where we were, we were sitting in uh, the museum, cafe in Dunedin when Pastor Paul Bennett started talking to Mayor and myself about moving to Timaru and pastoring the church here. And there's something in us, something in me definitely that leaps, and I believe in Mayor too, at that time that we were like, wow, yes, there's an excitement around this that goes beyond just moving to a warmer climate uh, from Dunedin and getting out of the cold of Dunedin. There was something in us that just leaped. Recently, just over lockdown, I started thinking about doing some further study. And there was something in me that, that leapt at that idea. And I thought, yes. Because prior to that, I'd been like, no, I don't want to study. It just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right season. But when I had that space and in that moment, actually, there was something that stirred in my heart. I was like, yeah, now's the time to do that. I don't know what it is for you, but... There are, there are things that, that God wants to stir in you. He wants you to move into. And you've got to find that leaping. And the beautiful thing about it is that it's not going to be something you don't like. I love how Psalm 37, 4 says that, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. So if we put Him first, if we delight in Him, then those things that actually are the deep-rooted desires in our heart, they will come to fruition. They will come to pass. He's not going to call you into something that you don't feel that you have a desire to do. Because He's such a good God, He wouldn't do that to us. So, yeah, so there's a leaping. There's that initiation. You have a, 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 a predisposition to it. God's made you in a certain way. And then you have this sparking, this, this leaping. And then, number three, you have this, this kind of period. I call it the doubt and discerning space. And if we think about our body, your body actually has 
are these kind of feedback loops. So when you're moving, your body's also monitoring how you move. I just want you for a moment to close your eyes and put your hand out in front of you. Put it wherever you like. Now I want you to just be conscious of the fact that you know where your hand is in space. You're not looking at it, but you know where it is. Now bring your other hand and touch that hand with your other hand. Now you can bring it directly to it without looking at it. Okay, you can open your eyes and look at me. But this, this sense in us is called proprioception. And basically there's signals coming back from our muscles to our brain and telling us where we are in space. And it's helpful for when you're fumbling around in the dark in your house, right? <laughs> you can't see. But if we think about it in, in, in this context of a move of God in our lives, there, there are feedback loops that we need to kind of listen to. Those are our friends and our family, those trusted people in our world, that they're the Word of God uh, that we read, and the prayer, they're, they're all those spaces that we've got to go, okay, is this, is this right? Is this actually what God is calling me to do? Um, the, the, the tricky thing is that sometimes your brain can fool you. Sometimes those feedback loops aren't right. Now, I'm not sure how this is going to come out here, but, oh yeah, it works. Okay, now I can assure you that actually there's nothing moving in that picture. But is it moving? Can you see things moving? I know that when I look at it and my eyes go around it, it's actually, it feels like bits are moving at different times, right? But they're not. It's because, I don't know actually why it is. It's something in our brain, something very complex that I'm not going to go into now because I don't understand myself. But essentially your senses are fooling you. Your brain is telling, don't, um, it's the first time you've been uh, hypnotized in church. Now, give the pastor all your money. Give the no. Uh, no. Okay, just erase that from the recording. Thank you. Uh, but, but it's weird, isn't it? We're like, okay, I'm going to take that off because otherwise you will actually just get, the, get, get hypnotized. Um, but for Moses, there were some feedback things going on in his world. He was like, oh, he started to kind of go through these reasons why uh, he couldn't do what God is calling him to do. So, so God comes to Moses at the burning bush. It's this amazing experience. And then Moses starts this process in his brain of kind of questioning, well, what's going on? Can I do this? And there's, there's a number of things that God uh, and Moses have this argument about around this move. Uh, and the first one is that, that we do and that Moses did is we doubt God's call. So you see here, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So he, he doubts the call of God for himself. Often we do this. We go, yeah, no, God's called that person. He can call you. He can call other people. Yeah, God calls people, but no, he, didn't call, he doesn't call me. No, actually he does. He does have a call for you. So you... Firstly, we need to stop doubting God's call. The, the second thing we do is we, we doubt others' recognition of our call. So Moses answers in Exodus 4.1. He's still talking to God. He says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? See, part of us goes, well, what if, what if you know, I say I've got this? And, and especially in New Zealand with our tall poppy syndrome, people go, well, who are you to say that you got a call from God? Who are you to say that, that God's asked you to do that? That's a bit presumptuous, isn't it? Who do you think you are? So we start to doubt our own 
the, the recognition of others of the call of God on our lives. And then we go on and we, we doubt our own ability. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Some people actually believe that Moses had a speech impediment. So, so possibly he had good reason to be unsure of himself. But don't we do that? We doubt our own ability. We doubt that actually we can do this. And there's actually a flip side of that, that it's actually kind of healthy to have a little bit of doubt in your own ability because then we have to press into God. We have to realize, actually, it's not me at all. It's God doing it through me because it forces us to rely on Him when we think, actually, I can't do this in my own strength. And so actually, Moses was the perfect one. He was the perfect mouth, mouthpiece for God because if he had a speech impediment, then God had to do a miracle. God had to come through for him. So actually, your disqualification is actually your qualification. Actually, the things that you think, oh, no, actually, I can't do that. I'm not very good at that. Is actually the very reason God is choosing you to do it. So we doubt our ability. And finally, I think we're just actually a bit reluctant. Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Like, they have this, this couple of chapters long argument. And eventually Moses just says, Ah, just choose someone else. Just please don't let it not be me. Sometimes I think we're just a bit reluctant to move when God is calling us to move. So we go through this, this kind of doubt and discerning process. And it's actually a, it's a healthy process to go through because what it does is it solidifies the call in your heart. And you're like, actually, no, no, I've been through that process. I've God has called me and I've decided he's going. Others around me have said, yeah, no, you're called. Then you're going to do it. And then you don't need to keep looking back and going, yeah, no, if this is the call of God, oh, is it really the call of God? I'm not quite sure. No, this is the call. Oh, no, no. You've made that decision and you've dealt with that in your life. Is it good? Some of us, and I, I know I've struggled with this. Um, and Matt's going, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. But sometimes when, when I feel like, especially in the early years when things uh, were, were hard, I can go, oh, is this actually what I'm called to do? Is this actually what, uh, you know, it's easy to doubt that. But we've got to hold on to the calling that God has actually called us. And we don't need to keep going back to that process. So we've gone through that, doubt and discerning. Then, then number four, we're up to opposition. You could call it the fight. You could call it the journey call it whatever you like, but there's going to come, after you've had the calling, you've gone through that process, yeah, this is what I'm doing, there's going to come opposition. It's inevitable. And it, and it could take it could take a couple of days. It could take a lifetime. For Moses, it took 40 years. Firstly, he, he had to go to Pharaoh and get the people to, uh, to be freed. From, from Pharaoh's hand. And Moses probably thought, well, that's, that's the battle. And then he had to lead his people out of Egypt. And he probably thought, well, maybe that's the battle. And then he gets to the Red Sea and thinks, well, we've got to get across this. And he does, and he gets across and he thinks, well, that was, that was the battle. And then, he, uh, and then he has to cross this desert and he thinks, well, this is the battle. And then he has to feed like over a million people. And he thinks, well, that's the battle. And then they're all, it's all this dissension. And he's like, oh, I've got to lead these stupid people. And maybe he thinks that's the battle. And it's just for Moses, it's just battle after battle after battle. 
Sounds tiring. <laughs> you see, for us to see the call, to see the move happen, it's going to take work. It's going to take a struggle. It's going to take opposition coming against us. You see, we love the leaping bit, right? We love the call. We love the, yeah, let's do this. And we need to be reminded of that, but actually we can't live in that place. We have to realize that it's, it's actually opposition that makes us stronger. If we talk about the body, again, when we move, when we move against resistance, we get stronger. Do you get that? When we move against resistance, we get stronger. If you're just moving with no resistance, you're just going to stay the same. I'm not a bodybuilder, you can probably tell, but I know that uh, if I were to lift weights, I've got to increase the resistance for me to get stronger. That's, that's what happens when we come up against it, when we are in the battle, when we fight opposition. We actually find what we are truly capable of. And there's something really exciting about doing that. It's one of the reasons I love bike racing. I've got to slip it in there somewhere. Uh, is that it pushes myself to, to go further than I think I'm able to do. Uh, and, and I think we all, in our, in our life, if we, if we just pursue a safe, comfortable, happy, you know, existence, we miss out on the call of God. Because actually...